You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver media podcast. The True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters. CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and The Peppermaster, hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. Good morning and hello, kids. <laughs> As you can see, different scenery. Uh, welcome to your uh, not the not quite daily beaver, your eager beaver morning show. I do not have a script with me because I am not a, not the typical beaver launch. Um, today, uh, we've lost Mr. Beaver. I'll bring him back in a sec. Uh, what he was going to say today, recording day, is November 28th. Monday, November 28th. Oh, there he's back. I'll bring him in. You cut out for a sec there, sir. Oh, and uh, you yeah. All right. There you're back. Yeah, you're uh, back. Yeah. I just let him know yeah. today, recording day, is Monday, November okay. 28th. That's exactly where I was. Exactly. <laughs> uh, Monday, November 28th, and it's uh, going to be a beautiful day here uh, at the Ottawa Beaver Lodge. Um, I was in town uh, with uh, my good pal, Mr. Grizzly, to record our podcast over the course of the weekend, and uh, that was a lot of fun, as it always is, and very much looking forward to the next one already. Uh, thanks to all the kids who joined us. Uh, of course, our podcast is uh, brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, uh, CanadianTarot.com, and the Peppermaster. And I changed the order just to keep it fresh. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, to be totally honest, kids, uh, I am flying without a net uh, completely today, so uh, I don't know exactly what we're going to have in the headlines because I haven't been able to tee anything up in terms of visuals. Uh, we are going to be just a nibble today, however, because Mr. Grizzly is back at work. So before we continue on, let's say hello to Mr. Grizzly. Hello. Hey, Mr. Beaver. How's how your are mental you? health today? It's uh, pretty good. Uh, I we got a little bit of a delay between well, us. I had more time so with than you, normal. so I'm doing great. Awesome. Yes, yes. Please, go ahead. Uh, oh, yeah. I'm just, uh, it was strange. I, I went to bed at, I tried to go to bed at my regular hour. I was up till about 11 o'clock and I'm like, I'm not tired. So I'll just continue editing and, and posting and getting stuff, you know, prepared and ready to roll. And then around 1230, I'm like, I should go to bed because I have to get up at five, which, you know, is early. Of course, I climb into bed, didn't fall asleep for 45 minutes-ish, thereabouts, and then woke up at 2.30, 3.30, Four o'clock, four thirty. It's like that. The alarm went off oh. at five, and I said, "I'm going back to sleep until six because I got to get some sleep." So at six o'clock, the alarm yeah. goes off. I'm like, "Snooze for twenty minutes." I'll get out of bed at six thirty because I had prepped everything for this last night before I went to bed. Right. So I do all of this. Six thirty. I'm like, I got to get out of bed. So I jump out of bed. You know, go go into the washroom as one does first thing in the morning. And then uh, into the kitchen to have a get a coffee and uh, take my medication and a glass of water. And I realized, I don't know how this is possible. I'm actually wide awake. Wide awake. Without coffee. I, I, yeah, just like, like bright-eyed, bushy-tailed. Or I don't know how that happened. Because I just, like, really, when I roll out of bed, I'm, I'm you know, groggy as all get out. And, and tired, and but for some reason, I woke up alert. I don't understand it. Oh, yeah. Sorry, I got an echo. That used here. to be, 
There we go. That, that used to be me as a teenager and early adult, and now it's like. Yeah, we talked about this the other day, and, it, and I don't know why. Yeah. It just today, I'm 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 up. I'm ready to go. I, I guess I'm. I guess the body went into work mode before my mind did. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, um, yeah. So uh, I've been, you know, over. It, it's nice to be a. Uh, well, you know, home in Ottawa. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, obviously, home is where my beaver sweetie is. Uh, but uh, you know. I mean, I lived here for 40 years, so my friends and stuff are here and all that kind of stuff. So it's just it's just nice to be here. And uh, for some reason, I don't know what's happening, but uh, every time I say come back here, um, I seem to fall asleep back here first. <laughs> <laughs> I have this beautiful bed with this wonderful mattress. <laughs> but you fall asleep on the couch. Literally about 10 steps away. Yeah. Because then I keep on waking up at 3 or 4 or 5 in the morning, just sprawled out <laughs> on the couch and then rolling into bed. <laughs> I, I right can't explain hour. it. I can't explain it. Yeah. I don't know. This this this, this baby just seems to bring me to La La Land. Um, <laughs> um, I don't know what you want to talk about uh, today. I know that, the, like, for example, there's been a lot going at the Public Order Emergency Commission, mm-hmm. uh, and I have started to catch up on it. Uh, but I don't, uh, because I only have one screen and a laptop, and it's a very a little slow bit recall, difficult, yeah. and it's uh, not a fast-acting thing. Um, I'm not going to be trying to queue up anything. No problem. Here. I'll take care of that. I have something here I want to start the morning off with, actually. Um, okay. And this one is kind of... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Juicy. I don't know if Ooh. you're aware of this. It's juicy, though. I like juicy. It started Friday, and it ended last night. It's about a 1 minute and 19 second clip uh, from uh, at T Mayor underscore McCheese. He posted this nine hours <laughs> ago uh, from McCheese, the mayor.tv, McCheese TV. Check this out. This is, this is a thing of glory. <laughs> You're going to like this. Oh, no. Okay, pay attention now. Okay, this is this is the pretty much the last thing I'm going to say about it. BJ, if you want all of the glory, all the attention, if you want it, you can have it. I gladly, whatever has ever graciously come my way, it's all yours. You can have it. I have never been attacked so much in my life by people that say they're on the freedom side than I have in the last three, four months since you got a bug up your ass about me. So take it. It's all yours. I'm out. I'm walking away from this shit. It's all yours, BJ. Good luck with it. You did your job. You came in. You sabotaged us all. Great. Now go off into the sunset because you're not wanted. And you can take the piece of shit Keith Wilson with you as well. What a piece of garbage. The next day. Hey, everybody. Well, that's the end of it. The Public Order Emergency Commission ended on Friday. I'm still here, but I'm going to be leaving uh, tomorrow morning. And uh, I got to say, truthfully, I hate this city. Another one bites the dust. Another one bites the dust. And another one gone. And another one gone. Another one bites the dust. What a shame. He hates Ottawa. Well, guess what, Tom? We don't care for you too much either. (laughs) Oh, man. So Tom Marazzo is out of his movement, his freedom movement, as he calls it, or a bowel movement, as the rest of us do. (laughs) I hope he never comes back. Oh, the places I could go. Oh, I the know. places I could go. <laughs> he hates this city. Oh. Well, like I said, oh no, we don't care for you either, Tom. And here's the other thing, Tom. You brought yeah. that upon yourself. Yeah. Oh, and something else somebody pointed out to me There's a little this- while ago, uh, you might not be aware of. You know how he said he got fired from his job teaching because he didn't want to get vaccinated? wasn't true. He was fired long before that for insubordination uh, and breaking a ton of rules from the college he was working at. There's an entire report on it insubordination. online. 
Yes, yes. Uh, also, he was doing things like emailing. What a shocker. He was uh, doxing other uh, staff members. Uh, you know, he just, insubordination, breaking all the rules. But, but you know, we're supposed to feel sorry for him or something. No, you dug your oh, own hole, man. You, you made your own bed. You got to lie in it. That's how it works. Right? So basically, he was anti-everything in private before he was anti-everything in public. Basically, yeah. Interesting how I just got a reminder from Facebook to start the live stream that we're currently on. <laughs> That's what that was. <laughs> like, uh, but, we're, but we're here already. Like, what's going on? I don't get it. <laughs> Um, yeah, uh, so, um, I think when we last left off, I had some clips of stuff, but we were talking about, uh, you know, good old Brendan Miller, Mm -hmm. uh, and, uh, how he basically has kind of been totally destabilized by the fact that the CISA's director, Alain Vigneault, said that even though it didn't meet the definition as put out uh, for the CSIS Act and not necessarily in mm-hmm. the CSIS Act as the Prime Minister testified and clarified um, uh, that he didn't really have anything else and the rest was about it seemed to be putting on the show necessary to keep the money coming in to make sure he got paid Basically, uh, but I'm not all the way through the Prime Minister's testimony yet but uh, based on what I've seen in the news and the little snippets, um, did our dear friend Brendan get benched for the final game? Well, that's the question, right? Um, like, like the the, the like, am I understanding the grand that it was final. somebody else asking the questions? Yes, it was. It was uh, a woman who. Uh, okay. She's trying, and she's trying to flex, but I'm like, she's not very smart. I, I got another clip here yep. of her. This, this is a beauty. This Again, this is from the Mayor McCheese. Give me a sec while I pull this one up. This is, this is uh, I, I'm not sure what this woman's name is. I'll find it in a minute, but let me play this clip for those, of the, for those among us who haven't seen or heard it yet. Um, th- this is another thing of beauty. Check this out. From, from Mayor McCheese. If there is a group or persons trying to destroy or overthrow by violence the system of government of Canada... Did you hear evidence about individuals trying to do that? The answer is no. Weaponization of, of vehicles. We'd seen uh, you know, cars ramming into police officers. Coots. We saw an incident like that in Surrey, I believe. We could hear everything from polite conversation to insults and taunts directed at the police doing their jobs. There was the use of uh, children as human shields, uh, deliberately. There was presence of weapons uh, at Coots, as we saw. COVID restrictions were lifted, but protest organizers say this changed things. A cache of weapons, including long guns, handguns, and body armor. These weapons were brought by people who had the intent on causing harm. There was a concern around weapons being stolen uh, in Peterborough uh, that we didn't know, about 2,000 guns that we didn't know where they had gone at that point. Uh, 3 a.m. Sunday morning, a trailer carrying 2,000 firearms was stolen from a Peterborough-based trucking company. There were layers of danger that CSIS kept uh, bringing up to us. presence of people promoting had a danger of triggering not necessarily them to act, but lone wolf actors or people who could be radicalized to take actions that were the only violent. Way that, and I'm going to say it out loud. The only way that this is going to be solved is with bullets. And yeah, I said it. That's the only way something's going to happen. what this movement is about this movement is about freedom of choice if you want to support nazis you support nazis if you want to donate gallows to the people of canada to assemble for justin's hanging again that was a matter of concern if there ever was a time for a prime minister to step down now is that time thank you and then walks away no rebuttal no response just walks away i don't like what you're doing Quit your job. 
I'm out of here. That's not the mic drop that you seem to think it is, Missy Miss. Not at all. Nope. Nope, nope, nope. So, mm, and then there was that whole thing about, like, when did your, when did you become afraid of your citizens? And, well, he was right? like, I was never afraid of anyway. my citizens. Well, the one thing was, well, all he yeah. had to do was negotiate with them. He's like, they didn't want to negotiate. They wanted to be obeyed. And that, yeah. that's it in a nutshell. There was no negotiation. But we've been saying that on the show. We've been saying that on the show, right? Getting to have your say does not mean getting to have your way. Exactly. We weren't heard. We weren't heard. Of course you were heard. We call you the loudmouths for a reason. Exactly. We couldn't help but hear you. You made yourselves unavoidable. I couldn't sleep. You were so bloody loud. We heard you, but you didn't want to negotiate. You were just told no. You wanted to be obeyed. I mean, there's the whole right. the whole press conference. We'll sit down with the block and the NDP and the governor general to negotiate. Excuse me. There's a sitting government. I pointed this out to Marazzo yeah. when I was on Dean's show. I was like, he stomped like, well, I may have misspoke. I go, no, you don't get to demand an audience with the prime minister. It doesn't work that way. You go through your member of parliament. They didn't want to do that. They wanted to yeah. sidestep... Uh, democracy altogether and form their own government so no 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 this no to hell with all of them kareem i made the point it's like and what standing have you <laughs> exactly right? what standing have you none Karima was there what standing have you they're, they're literally a bunch of domestic <laughs> terrorists domestic terrorists and somebody says well that's not terrorists they didn't kill anybody you don't that you don't have to kill somebody to be a terrorist the idea is to inflict terror on people. The idea is to force people into doing what you want them to, and that's what they were trying to do. So, no, that's domestic terrorism. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, yeah, and as, uh, you know, uh, so as you're saying, like, you know, with Tomarazzo, you know, as Kitlin is making the point, eating each other alive, which is something we mentioned in, uh, I think, the previous episode, you know, oh, yeah. when you have an ideological group and the group is not having success at the rate that they want to, eventually there will come another ideologue that will say, hey, this ideologue isn't ideological enough. Come mm -hmm. with me. I'll treat you right. And that's exactly what's going on there. Right? Oh, yeah. Like, oh, no, I'm out. Well, yeah, you, well, I mean, you're out now, but you got kicked out. I mean, you got kicked out. You got kicked out for justifiable reason. Yes, but, I mean, you could still have a... I mean, you guys had a conversation, right, on Dean Blundell's show mm -hmm. that, okay, ultimately didn't get anywhere, but it didn't lead to blows or punches or right not Like, the guy that... Out of the two, he's the reasonable one. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. They kick all things being relative, right? Because they kicked out the reasonable one. And I'll give you that. With I, the air quotes there, reasonable. Well, yeah, yeah no, no. <laughs> and I, I did say to Tom on the podcast, I said, in another world, we might actually be friends. But no, you, you refuse to accept that those of us who also live in this country also suffered we all went through the same damn thing but they just have this singularity issue where we're the only ones who suffered bullshit well i couldn't go to my friend's uh, funeral and i couldn't visit anybody i couldn't go to my cousin's funeral i couldn't we go to my suffered. uncle's funeral you the only ones i couldn't yeah. visit my we father in the hospital we all suffered but you were the only ones who couldn't hack it you know you, you, white privilege on display for the first time in their lives they were asked to temporarily suspend their privilege and they couldn't hack it for a split second they couldn't deal with it after three years of lockdowns it was not three years number one number two nobody was ever locked down well pat king was but that's because he was in jail but that you know he brought that on himself that's a lockdown. When you get arrested, you go into prison, that's called lockdown. The rest of us were free to go 
and come as we chose. Hey, man, nobody made me stay in my apartment. I was able to get out and go walk around my neighborhood. I was able to go for a walk through the park. I walked down by the canal. I was able to go to the grocery store and pick up groceries. I couldn't go to the pub. That's because they were all closed for our own protection of a deadly airborne respiratory virus that has killed millions. Yep. And, and that's the thing, right? It's They're going around and you know putting the hashtags, Trudeau's the new Hitler, and you know, you do realize that the guy you're calling the true Hitler is fought to keep you alive and whole. Yes. Yeah. I... Um... Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you are moaning and bitching and whining because someone cared enough about you to keep you alive and whole. It's crazy. I don't, I, I don't, yeah, I don't get it. This, I, I just posted, I, don't get it. I just posted a link. Um, for some reason, I, I still have uh, Stone Sea Witch blocked on Restream, but she's able to get through on Twitch TV and on YouTube so we can get her comments. But uh, it's a little bit more difficult for me to post them, so I just do a copy paste. And here you can see her thing right on the screen there, and she's absolutely right. Albertans cannot understand time zones, math, and population numbers. <laughs> One of them bitched about how elections are decided before they get to Alberta because Albertans cannot understand time zones, math, and population numbers. I mean, look, Canada's 30, we're just under 39 million people. Just under 39. We'll, we'll, we'll uh, cross the 39 million 38. threshold. Yeah, we're we 38 and 38 change. Recently. Oh, no, it's more than that. Hang on, I got, I got a link here to the population. Uh, well, okay. Where is it? Uh, give me a the second. The meters? Yeah, well, no, this is, this is from Stats Canada. Uh, oh. I, I had it up the other day. Just a sec. All right, well. <laughs> I'll, I'll bring it up in a sec. I'll find the page. And uh, uh, World Meters is good. Canada's population. StatCan, there it is. The real-time model, Canada's population clock. Oh. I will share. Th oh, guess what we've just surpassed, sir? 39? Yep. There, this, there you go. This is the real-time, uh, from, from Stats Canada, real-time model, and, and these numbers fluctuate, but we're 39 million, and you see this, these are people moving from Alberta to the Northwest Territories, and you, if you watch this clock, you will see, you know, it shows you know, birth, death, immigrant, uh, immigrant, emigrant, non-permanent resident, and interprovincial migrants, so people who move around. And you can see the numbers of each province here. Ontario has now uh, surpassed the 15 million mark. In okay. Quebec, you can see BC's at 5.5. Quebec is growing quite a bit at 8.726 million. So these numbers are pretty fascinating. I'll put this link in the... Um, uh, I will... Uh, whoops, I don't want to copy that, not paste it. <laughs> I'm going to copy this and I'll put it in the chat for anybody who is interested to view it because it's a pretty cool page and I'll, I'll send it to you in the, in the private link as well. So you'll have it as well. Um, this is, it, yeah, yeah, it's a really cool page. I discovered this last week and it shows, look at 732, one birth in Quebec, uh, 731, one immigrant in Ontario, 731 interprovincial migrant from Alberta to the Northwest Territories. And this just goes on and on and on. So it, it's a really accurate, uh, there's Nova Scotia's across the 1 million mark, right? So yeah, 39 million people okay. in Canada. So how cool nice. is that? How nice. cool is that? And, and again, it's from StatsCan, so it's as legit as it gets. Now I forget why we were mentioning the population. <laughs> That's okay. Went on a bit of a ramble I don't there. Know we were. Well, it, basically because uh, what I was going to say was there's 39 million people in Canada and 15 million in Ontario. Ontario itself is geographically larger than a number of countries around the world and has a much yes. larger population base than a lot of countries around the world. For example, Switzerland, which is, uh, you know, the, the Geneva Convention, uh, the UN, uh, the, and, and they don't consider themselves part, they're not part of the European Union, right? They're sort of the standalone nation. Uh, Eight million mm -hmm. people live in Switzerland, and Switzerland could fit in southern Ontario. 
and not even make it to mm-hmm. Eastern Ontario. To drive from, from Geneva to yeah. Zurich, which is across the entire country, is, is four hours. I know, because I've driven it. Yeah. Four hours. Right. On beautiful highways, and instead of, you know how here in Ontario, and, and Quebec as well, instead of, oh, look, there's a big rock, rock, rock outcropping where we need to uh, send our highway. So what do they do? They blast away and clear cut it. They don't do that. In Switzerland, they go, we're not going to do that. We're just going to tunnel underneath it. I'm like, why can't we do that? Somebody says, well, tunneling is... I go, yeah, but I'm not saying the entire country needs to do that. But Ontario and Quebec, whose combined population is, what, 23 million? Crazy, right? Anyway, let's reel it back in, shall we? We'll get back to the poke, as I like to call it. All right. The (laughs) P-O-E-C. The poke. Poek, I guess. Um. Uh, so, uh, Brendan, uh, he got benched. What yes. do you make of that? Well, I, I, I think he got benched for a couple of reasons. He'd been rambling on about the, this person's a Nazi carrying this person. This, and it's like, no, it's not. The CEO of the company came out to defend him and said, we have all the receipts to prove he was never in Ottawa and he hasn't been there since 2019, number one. And number two, you've been served, sir. Because they served him on uh, Thursday, <laughs> and it was all well documented. Everybody saw it happen. So I'm thinking he got benched maybe by Freedom Corp. Because yeah, you've been su- you're being sued for libel. Yeah, you can't. No, you have no. Your legitimacy is gone. Not that I think he ever had it to begin with. Because my goodness gracious, the guy just unprepared. Just a terrible lawyer. Uh, and I'm not. I was a, a little disappointed. Yeah, I wanted I to know. see that. I- I know, I did too. <laughs> I wanted to see that moment with the Prime Minister to see how he was going to implode, like, just like finally do himself in. I was looking forward to it. I was like, got the popcorn ready and everything. <laughs> it's like, oh, damn, you got yourself benched. Oh, man, he must be crying. Oh, I'm sure, because, you know, he this wanted... This is my moment. This is my moment, this yeah. This is my moment. I missed my moment, my one shining moment. Uh. Yeah, but I think, I think <laughs> as Elaine says here in the chat, I think it was because of the lawsuit, and I think that's what it was, too. Now, that being yeah. said, it's not like the, the, uh, the person they called in off the bench was a whole lot better than him. <laughs> there's no evidence here's all the evidence we just showed it to you here's all the evidence we have it all the prime minister spoke about it all and then she's like we don't like you resign it's not how it works not how it works ma'am it does not work that way that is not how democracy works so um Basically, after scoring a series of own goals. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Appropriate, considering, uh, right? Right. Uh, I mean, let's just put it this way. The Freedom Court people uh, uh, made the decision look very sane and rational. Okay, her name is Eva Chipyuk. Is is, okay. is is the lawyer that we saw, Eva Chipyuk. I just got. I've got a thing here. I'll I'll, I'll throw this up. This is uh, uh, my final thoughts. Are the Freedom Convoy, the Emergencies Act, and the Poke? This is just the beginning. Stay strong, Canada. You're worth fighting for. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw. The, hang on, give me a second. I'll pull it up. It's her TikTok. This should be cute, and I don't mean that in a derogatory, sexist way. I I mean it in so the sense that have- she's um, not very bright. Here we go. Ready? Let's see what happens. So there we have it, our final day, and I had the opportunity to cross-examine Justin Trudeau on behalf of all Canadians that felt they lost hope because of this government, that felt they finally were heard by the truckers' protest and the protest in Ottawa. And I had an opportunity to put those questions to the Prime Minister of Canada for him to take accountability on behalf of all the people in Canada who deserve to be heard by their elected officials. We also had a closing statement about how the government went wrong in invoking the most extraordinary measures that it has by invoking the Emergencies Act on peaceful 
lawful protesters. I hope that this is a change that Canada needs. I hope that the inquiry was able to expose a lot of the issues that we knew deep down were there. And this was the opportunity for Canada to hear the loud cry of Canadians and how we can all get involved and make this country the one that we want and recognize the true North strong and free. So, so there we have. Um, I think the AI uh, needs to be uh, rebooted. <laughs> I think the, uh, uh, the AI needs to be rebooted, right? There's something that like, wow. Like, what? wow. Yeah, exactly. Wow. <laughs> wow. Now, look, wow. I, I was talking uh, with a, a, a buddy of mine on um, last Thursday. Oh, Lord, help me. About how I said, you know, and, and he, 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 he saw Katie Telford and, and uh, who was the other woman? Oh, her name is escaping me right now. But he knows her, the, the um, uh, Julie. Uh, uh, okay, Thomas? Okay. Yes, thank you. Yeah, he knows her. So I'm sitting there with my buddy and we're having a conversation and he knows Julie Thomas. And he says, you, you know, he was talking to her about it. And I said, you know, the, the Freedom Corp people really did hire the worst. Lo-. He's like, oh my God, they're so bad. I've, I, I know a lot of lawyers. I know a lot of doctors. I'm friends with a lot of, of people in those fields. And, and some of the lawyers I know tend to be bright, well-rounded, um, strong, very strong EQ and IQ. And they tell me that, Paul, despite what many people think, a great number of the lawyers in this country are stupid. Like, not bright people. They were able to study their field. They know like complete tunnel vision when it comes to studying law. Outside of that, they know nothing. And sometimes inside of the law, they don't know anything either. As evidenced by this woman who says there was no evidence, but we, we all saw the evidence. There's thousands of hours of digital video footage of it. It's all there. It's all there. So they're completely delusional. They live in their own little bubble. It's... It's bizarre. Yeah, yeah, indeed, it is. Uh, so, uh, Brendan Miller implodes. He gets benched, uh, and uh, through the last of the week, we had uh, Marco Mendocino, we had Bill Blair, um, and uh, things got interesting for me. I didn't really watch those two fully. I took more of the snippets. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when David Lametti, who was our justice minister and AG, uh, I decided to look at that one. Uh, and uh, there were some clips going around uh, because, um, how do I put it, uh, even though uh, cabinet confidence was waived in terms of sharing documents, solicitor-client privilege mm-hmm. wasn't waived. That's like, right. Which is a completely different thing. And you don't want to set the precedent by doing that. Um, so before he started to testify, uh, counsel for the government of Canada had made a declaration beforehand that anything related to solicitor-client privilege, uh, that so between uh, what he got as uh, odd. Yeah, as Attorney General from uh, the Department of Justice himself and him as the lawyer to uh, the government, uh, we wouldn't be sharing that, but anything else he could talk about. And uh, there was a question period with uh, Justice Rouleau afterwards in which he was asking uh, how it is that he able to judge uh, whether or not based on whatever legal they would have got privilege is it made to assume that element of the day would be acting in good faith and justice ministers did David Lamedi said pretty much it which is you know why we give the name honorable and there's all these additional privileges we don't first assume that our government is not being honorable uh, which is our tradition um so uh, taking the clip alone kind of made it sound flippant. Mm-hmm. It was a comment. But when you put it in the context that the whole testimony started with the warning from counsel saying that these matters aren't going to be going into, and then many attempts by other lawyers to try to get him to go into, which he had to resist. <laughs> you know, 
when you take it in the totality, by the end, it really is just a matter-of-fact statement that it's, yes, in the case of, then you couldn't do that. So uh, it wasn't, look, that part was looking at first, uh, and like, okay, this might not make the government look good. And I, that was even my own thought on it when I first saw it. It's like, okay, why would you be resisting this? Just make it public. Um, but there's, once you see it all, you understand it. Mm-hmm. And the thing is, is that while this is the end of the public testimony right. uh, portion of the commission, there's still a third part, which is the litigation part, where they're going to have these discussions about these things. And it could very very still well be a situation that won't be covered very much in the news, of course, because we're at back into one of the quote-unquote boring phases um, that are not as juicy or popcorn, you know, creating. Right. Uh, but there might be some type of thing by where they could maybe release it in camera for the eyes of the judge only uh, to help inform him in this one special case, but without making it public. Uh, but just as we were talking about in the previous show in terms of on foreign affairs and the things with CSIS, right, not wanting to, at the international poker table where everybody's cheating, as Bo of the fifth column keeps calling it, not putting all your cards face up. Well, in this case, <laughs> you know, it's like... It's basically asking him to do the same thing again. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? So uh, there is such thing as solicitor-client privilege. There's such thing as doctor-patient privilege, right? Unless you're about to harm yourself or harm somebody. You know, nobody could come in and say there's a public interest we need to know. Exactly. If you have this illness, there's a public interest we need to know what legal advice you had. Um, and you don't want to start creating that bad precedent. Um, so that was very interesting testimony. Uh, and then... Uh, there was three ministers that day, so I watched the rest of it. Uh, and the second one was uh, Minister Anand, uh, Anita Anand, Minister of National Defense. And um, because in the pre in the week, because there were some text messages where, of course, there's a crisis and there's some dark humor, and these are not messages that you expect will be made public at one time, right? Uh, especially when they and and that just actually adds to the um, you know. Were we thinking about the Emergency Act? Well, yes, we thought it might be possible in terms of a precautionary doing your job covering all the bases thing, but then moving from the, okay, you know, this is not just a what if the worst happens consideration. Now we actually have to consider it. Like what powers would we actually ask for, right? They're two separate discussions. Right. And they were making the distinction between that because they're trying to look at, you know, memos and times and text messages where they talked about it beforehand to say, aha, you were thinking about doing this all the time. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, any government who wants to do deal diligence and, practice and be practical needs to start thinking about it now in the contingency case that we may need it. But given that the Emergencies Act, as Prime Minister Trudeau explained while he was on the stand, only invokes the emergency, then you have to decide what measures you're actually going to put in place. Mm-hmm. So it's a two-step process. So you didn't, they didn't start thinking about that until the uh, incident response group meet, people started meeting, which was around the 10th of February. That's right, yes. yes. Right. So, uh, but in those exchanges where there was some dark humor, I believe it was in between uh, David Lametti and Marco Mendocino, uh, they talked about, quote-unquote, the use of tanks somehow. Like, how many tanks would you be needing? Oh, I think one would suffice or something. Uh, to try and make the case that, you know, this is a government that saw its people, right, as someone they should use tanks against. Again, we have to bring you back to our episode about the G20. What was the response to that? And how was this dismantled? With emergency powers. <laughs> the other one, yes. without the federal emergency. Like, big difference, right? So again, yeah, there was a big difference, again, right? The kid glove handling was kid glove handling and dismantling this occupation. And, you know, they also made the point very much clearly that they were trying to take the most non-confrontational methods possible. They made that clear in the testimony. Right from the get-go. So uh, Minister Anand came on, uh, testimony was very important in light of that joke about tanks uh, that people were trying to spin as the government was seriously considering this. Which was uh, never the Stating thing. that... But making it clear that the National Defense Act means that, uh, you know, 
the army, the Canadian Armed Forces, are of last resort, absolute last resort, and that military personnel are not police officers. So you can use them, for example, to restore electrical lines in the case of a natural disaster, but you can't use them to direct traffic. Exactly. Exactly. Right? They are not police officers. They're not trained in crowd control. They're not trained in protest control. Right? And that went to also talking about the point where uh, Jason Kenney in Alberta had asked the federal government early on for the use of some heavy heavy uh, Tow trucks. towing capacity from the military mm-hmm. in order to help them. And they said, you know, sorry, we can't do that. We don't have them in number. We don't have them in quantity. But also particularly because, one, it is military equipment that would definitely be seen there. And because it is such specialized military equipment that it would have to be run by military personnel. Yeah. What happens at a protest, at that type of blockade, when not only military equipment shows up, but military personnel are operating it? Well. Right? Even if you're saying, no, no, it's not an escalation. Like this, we just this is just the equipment we need to do, like the regular law enforcement stuff. But military is not law enforcement. No, they're not. Not even close. Not even close. So, and he says that any defense minister in a democratic country would be loath to use the military in that situation. So, that's how far away we were from calling up Anita, right, and getting a tank. Oh, yeah. Okay. Not happening. So, clearly dark humor, but again, take it, pull it out of context. And Which then, is, they're, uh, they're great at that, eh? Cutting, cutting well, and yeah. pasting little snippets and, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, well, you don't know what comes before what context it was said, right? You just take the clip, right? I mean, we do that all the time. We take quotes as well, mm-hmm. right? But like when you go back and you listen to them, uh, they're they're kind of interesting. Uh, and then there was the one, for example, where the prime minister in his testimony said, you know, you don't come to a place and protest and like demand that policy be changed. And everybody said, everybody went on Twitter and saying, you know, well, then why the fuck do people protest? Of yeah. course you protest to have policy changed. Yes, you protest to have policy changed, <laughs> but it's a request. I mean, yes, we demand, but you don't. We're going to paralyze your city unless we get what we want. <laughs> you know, there's there's difference, right? And immediately after he said that, without being prompted or whatnot, he caught himself and added that whole extra part, that distinction, mm-hmm. right? That part was not added <laughs> they only took the first part where he made that first sentence and then they ran with that uh so that one when i was listening to it it was like "Ooh, okay there's a surprise because it was like it wasn't like prompting and then like two minutes after or i'd like you know we're at the end oh i'd like to correct that thing it was like immediately after there was like about a three second pause and then like he he clarified he like he realized that you know like that's not a general rule for all things right so um, so yeah, it was uh, the hatchet job was really interesting uh, to watch. Um, so she made that clear. And then uh, the third person to testify on that day was Transport Minister Omar Al-Gabra. And uh, his testimony, because he's Minister of Transport, uh, oddly enough, did not get very much coverage at all. Uh, but it was some of the best testimony. Oh, yeah, I didn't, the, I didn't see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anita Anand and Omar Al-Gabra after, uh, after Lametti is some of the best testimony uh, of the entire uh, commission. Uh, because um, Anand made it very clear that there was absolutely, they were not even remotely close mm-hmm. to discussing anything military. Oh, yeah, so yeah, that yeah. It, was never, it was never a consideration. Never consideration. So that whole line of like, but I mean, she just like, and their like their sessions weren't long whatsoever. So like, so like she, she blew that up very efficiently. Mm-hmm. You know, put that to bed, put a cork in it, all that kind of stuff. Omar Al Gabra um, made some very good. He's the one that brought in the points about uh, you know if the mandates had been lifted here, um, you know. They, would, they still wouldn't have been able to go into the United States, right? American truckers would have been able to come back and forth with Canadian ones That's now. That's right. Oh, boy. Right? Oh, if no. We, uh, 
Sorry, what? I just I, I just logged into my work computer because I have to start in like six minutes. We can keep rolling. I just I have three hundred emails. Oh, um, so um, so he made that point, uh, and then he made the point about uh, not only escalation but inspiration. Right. Uh, he revealed, uh, and it, I don't think that was very much public knowledge that, because we missed it, uh, but there were other, uh, they had gotten information about other uh, blockings or blockades about to pop up at the port of Halifax and the port of Vancouver and slow rolls at the Ottawa International Airport and Pearson Airport. So, uh, you know, and then they were talking about uh, potential uh, other blockades in La Colle, Quebec, and... Uh, along with the other ones that we were mentioning that were starting to pop up at Sarnia and whatnot. So he was making uh, the point about not only the, you know, that things weren't dissipating, they were escalating this, and we might have been getting to the point of inspiring inspiration. So when people are making all the comments about, well, you know, Coots was stopped before and Ambassador Bridge was stopped before. Yes, that may have been the case, mm-hmm. but word that it was coming was already circulating around the time those things stopped. This, but others had started popping up all other, other places. There were some in Emerson, Manitoba, and in Surrey, British Columbia, and, uh, and uh, in Sarnia, Ontario. And uh, there was some talk about some activity in New Brunswick as well. Um, so, you know, uh, you have to remember that that was that part and the part about uh, the blockades coming down uh, on those borders, it was about not only removing them for now, but not having them pre-pop up later or pop up in a different place. So you needed the Emergencies uh, Act to be in effect for a certain number of days in order to try and uh, dispel that possibility as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was... Um, He was uh, very, very, very effective. Very effective. Uh, And uh, he brought in parts of the arguments. And this is the thing that I've been noticing about the testimony is that um, each of the people that are coming there are confirming the general overall cabinet decision to have invoked the Emergencies Act, but each one of them is bringing in their specific layer of what the emergency is. Yes, and as you hear one and then you add it to the second one and add it to the third one and add it to the fourth one, you start having a picture starting to build of the overall situation rather than all of them coming in there just blah, mm-hmm. right? Or speaking only on the values thing, why not? So all confirming the main decision and then each one with their specific area of expertise, what it is that was the holdup. And some, of course, are getting more coverage than others, but if you're listening to it, it's a very, well, I mean, I don't know if it's a clever strategy, but it's very, very efficient way to organize the information. Uh, so th- that was particularly impressive. Uh, with the Prime Minister, if, uh, I've only finished uh, the council, uh, the inquiry council's questions, uh, and one of the first cross-examiners, so I'm not all the way through. Um, but uh, he is... Um, I had no doubt that this was going to be the case, mm-hmm. uh, but uh, he is—he was very steady, uh, calm. All the ministers were, uh, but you know, he knew that um, he knew that all eyes would be on him, and made the point clearly in his testimony several times that he knew that by the very fact of having to invoke the act, that he would be have to be here. Right, doing oh, yeah. this eventually, yeah. and that there wouldn't be this level of scrutiny, you know, and they knew from because the he was being asked. Yeah, he was being asked. Right, it's um, uh, are you afraid that you by doing the precedent, doing this precedent, you may have opened the door? And I mean, while theoretically that is possible, I mean, anybody who wants to open the door gets is now seeing what comes with it. Right, you're you know the. The emails you send, the text messages you send, the human moments of frustration that you have, the, mm-hmm. uh, you know, 
when you've been at it for 13 hours a day and you make a little dark inside joke to your colleague next to you about like us, how that comes back and can blow it up in your face and be twisted and torqued. And well, and, and uh, friends of mine who work know, in counterterrorism and, and uh, national security told me point blank, they, they worked 22 days straight, no time off. They work straight through that yeah. monitoring everything. So like you said, you get exhausted. And one of my buddies, he says, I would punch every single one of them in the face. <laughs> I'm like, really? He goes, dude, it never stopped. 22 days I was on this file. I, I worked seven days a week for 22 days. Like just some days, he, some days are 12, 14 hour days. He says, this is, this, no. But, so I understand because you, you get, nerves get frayed, you get exhausted uh, and, and you, you will use dark humor like that. Roll in the tanks. How many do you need? One should do it. You know, that's how you deal with a stressful situation like that, especially when your nerves are afraid. So I, I get it, man. I'm no different. I would have said the same damn thing. Matter of fact, I think I did. <laughs> uh, yeah, you're far from the only one who did. I know. I know. There was <laughs> literally thousands no, of messages. Seriously. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean... People in cabinet are human too, mm -hmm. uh, you know. But um, so yeah, you the the prime minister, from what I've been told and from what I've been able to read, didn't uh, deviate from that uh, uh, his calmness and his steadiness out throughout uh, uh, his testimony. Even though I've not finished watching it all, um, so. And uh, one of the first cross-examiners, I believe, uh, was uh, someone looking uh, to find to find something. You know, some of the cross-examiners, mm -hmm. you could tell by the questions, they're giving it an opportunity to open up and explain more and make their case even more. And then some of them are trying to find a moment where they were inconsistent. So you could tell by the questioning. Uh, and I believe, I believe it was the Canadian Civil Liberties Association, but I'm not... Don't count. Don't, don't take that one to the bank with me. Um, I think it was. And, and many of the questions uh, to which he answered were straightforward. Yes, 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 <laughs> yes. Until all the premises, which are right, until they got to the twist of the conclusions. Like, uh, nope. <laughs> I'm going to explain here what it was. Uh, so, you know. Um, I don't think that anybody on my side did themselves uh, any trouble here uh, throughout the testimony. Uh, they knew that this was coming. They were well prepared. Mm -hmm. um, they got an assist uh, unexpected uh, from the Freedom Corp lawyer uh, and their antics. Um, and by showing... Um, there was a good uh, moment of humility as well in uh, Omar Al-Gabra's testimony where um, they were being asked. He was a very, very clever politician mm -hmm. while he was testifying. Oh, he agreed. thanked all the truckers uh, who stayed on the job and did stuff, yep. right? So he put that, that he brought that element as well and mentioned that Alberta does have a critical infrastructure law mm -hmm. uh, while giving some uh, you know, information about things we could do better. He said there were some gaps and there's the Alberta does this and maybe that's something we can learn from them. Uh, which is a very that's humble, again, clever. Yeah, that's good politics. Yes, exactly, exactly. So within the testimony, mm -hmm. um, so that's why I'm saying his his testimony, like he's an un unsung star. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, uh, with all that put together, uh, the government, public opinion clearly being on its side, uh, whatever comes down um, from Justice Rouleau from this point, I don't think will much hurt the government uh, because I mean it's not a legal trial so there's no penalty I don't think it's Rulo, hurt the government at all uh, suddenly yeah but if Rulo suddenly determines you know like this that it, it wasn't justified mm -hmm. there's no there's no penalty he can impose no right? no well so here, here, look, uh, here's the but, latest polling numbers well <laughs> as of yeah, November exactly. 27th yeah. Now, see, remember the last time we said in the Federal Street projection, mm -hmm. uh, the Conservatives were leading by one, two updates ago, and then the Liberals were leading by 15 in the last update, and now what is it, 28? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They're just running away with, 
while running away with it. But that's a very quick flip. The very quick is flip. definitely over for the conservatives. And this commission didn't look good on them. Doug Ford not willing to testify didn't look on them. Doug Skippy. Ford wanting to... Uh, Skippy, yep. Aaron O'Toole, Candace Bergen, none of them wanted to. T- all three, <laughs> all three of yep. the of the conservative party, two of them being former in just the last few, in the last year, yep. and the new one refused to testify after they all aided, yep. aided and abetted them. Well, Aaron O'Toole didn't aid and abet them. No. But Candy and Skippy sure as hell did. And all of them had not a word to say about the entire commission while all, while all the Andreas and Sun Lorries and yeah. Silly Lilies were twisting everything on a daily basis in Iverson. They had nothing to say throughout the... All their Twitter accounts were mute except on the last freaking day. Of course, when the, when prime, the prime Minister... minister yeah. yes. and, that, and, I guess, and there's nobody else to testify in the last days coming and there's no chance they'll be called. Oh, then they all got out their oh, yeah, of course. keyboards. Then the keyboard warriors came out. Like very, 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 very convenient timing. Very convenient. <laughs> All right, kids, I believe we have a show. What do you say, Mr. I, I, I believe we do. Yes, we do. All right. Uh, we hope you enjoyed listening to us because we love making this for you. Uh, if you have any comments or feedback, you can reach us at our blog page, The True North Eager Beaver on Facebook at True Eager on Twitter, or by email, truenorthegerbeaver at gmail.com. If you'd like to subscribe to us, uh, subscribe via podpage.com slash thetruenorthegerbeaver with a hyphen between each of those words, or go to our YouTube channel, The True North Eager Beaver, and subscribe there. Uh, if you listen to us on Apple or any type of streaming service where you find all your podcasts by your favorite beavers and grizzly duos, uh, uh, and it gives you the opportunity to leave some stars or review. Please do. Uh, we appreciate it very much. And if you would like to encourage us to do more because you just love what we do, you may find our tip jar at coffee.com. That's ko-fi.com. That's ko-fi.com slash eagerbeaver lowercase letters and uh, leave us a tip leave us a compliment leave us some feedback there too we very much appreciate it and if you're the type who's a little more savvy and likes to get something for their money well we got you covered literally with true north eager beaver merch Mr. Grizzly Civic Tees and Seasonal Christmas Tees are now for sale. We have them in six sizes from small to 3XL, so something for literally everybody. Um, so shop. Go to deanblundell.com slash s slash store, I believe it Square, is. Square.site backslash shop backslash True North Eager Beaver. It's, it's, in the, uh, it's in the chat. I'll put it in the chat for you. Okay, no. So go to that, because I don't remember it off the top of my head. Uh, go to that and uh, get yourself some fabulous today, darlings. And let everybody around you know, as you sashay down the street, that you are an informed and engaged citizen, and therefore very, very, very sexy. I said so. You're sexy. It's true. It's All true. right, Mr. Grizzly, do you have any words of wisdom for our kids today? Make sure your coffee's hot and your underwear are comfortable. That's all I got. <laughs> That's all I got. I got to roll the credits. I got to go. The True North Eager <laughs> Beaver podcast is an Eager Beaver Mr. Grizzly collaboration. Research, story, and guest curation and copy written by the Eager Beaver. Recording, production, editing, and additional research by Mr. Grizzly. Music courtesy of Ben Sound Royalty Free Music. Once again, thank you to our founding sponsors, the Peppermaster. The Miss Fee Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing and CanadianTarot.com. And thank you to Pete Jarvis for our artwork. We love it. Kits, we'll talk to you real soon. Bye. Take care. See ya. Be kind to you and gentle with yourselves. You are listening to a True North Eager Beaver Media Podcast. The True North Eager Beaver podcasts are proudly brought to you by our founding sponsors, the Miss V Mysteries from Corvid Moon Publishing, your source for science fiction, fantasy, and cozy mysteries featuring a broad diversity of characters.
CanadianTarot.com, your uniquely Canadian online eclectic tarot community and forum, and The Peppermaster, hot pepper sauces made from fresh farm ingredients to thrill your taste buds and expand your mind. Hi, I'm Emily Roger, and I host a leadership show called The Boiling Point with my co-host, Dave Vale. Together, we sit down with trailblazing entrepreneurs, thought leaders, and movement makers who are driving meaningful change in our world. The show is all about exploring the lives and perspectives of leaders who are making a difference. Join us for insightful conversations that challenge the status quo, spark new ideas, and inspire you to take action. Find us on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, or at BoilingPointPodcast.com. 